but but so much of, of it of of everything is always separatism. Um, if you will um, look at just look at sitcoms and look at the movies, they always exasperate the differences between men and women, and it's like it's impossible for us to come together, for a husband and wife to come together and to have common goals and to not argue and to not have strife and all those things. But the Bible says yes, and and maybe that is the miracle of marriage is that the two become one over time. Um, and, uh, And not without conflict. And not without pain, you know, the old uh, workout ethic, no pain, no gain. I mean, you, there's going to be some pain. There's going to be some, some. Uh, I mean, you, you're going to go through something at some point. But it's process to happen uh, for two to become one. Um, but we thank God that, uh, that through through Christ, through the anointing, there's power available to bring that miracle to pass. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's um, let's pray. We've already set a mouthful right there. Let's pray and uh, and let's let's start uh, back where we were from last week. Father God, we thank you for the marriage call. Thank you for those on the line this morning. Thank you, Father for the ability for two to become one. Thank you, Father, that there are uh, roles, that there is an original design uh, that you have uh, marked for us to walk in. And, Father, we just pray that whatever is not right, whatever is not in order, whatever is out of order in our homes, in our marriages. We submit, all of us submit, the men and the women, we submit to your God. We submit to your correction. We submit to you right now in Jesus' name. And we thank you. We thank you, Father. Uh, your word says no chastening at the time seems pleasant. But it will yield in the future. It will yield uh, desirable results. And so um, we would give up a little comfort right now, go through a little pain right now so that we can go through pleasure later. Um, and that pleasure will be to have become one with the person you sent into our life to be our spouse. Oh, what great joy. That is what 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 great. Uh, there's no other experience like that. You, you, that we can be closer to our spouse than any other human being in the world. That bond is closer and stronger than between a mother and a daughter, a mother and a child, between uh, children and a parent, between brothers and sisters, between twins, uh, siblings. There's no greater bond than between a husband and a wife because there's no other relationship on this planet that you said two will be one, not children and parents, 
my brother and sister, my grandparents and, and cousins and nephews, the only relationship you promised that two would be one is in the marital relationship. Father, we thank you for that. And we thank you for the blessing of marriage. We thank you, Father, for the power to walk it out. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, guys, let's go back. Let's go back. Get your Bibles. Somebody tell me where we are. I don't know where we are. Tell me where we are. What scripture are we at? What is our theme scripture for the last three times? Somebody ought to be able to tell me quick where we at. The theme scripture is Second uh, Corinthians ten four. That's our focus scripture. Oh, I love that. We got some good students on the line. So come on, Second Corinthians ten and four. Second Corinthians ten and four. Who can recap us in about thirty to sixty seconds? Come on, recap us. Where are we? Well, we're talking about strongholds. Stronghold, a stronghold is a four, a, a four, fortified place. Strongholds come from um, more likely childhood, like for, like for somebody offending you, then your spouse has to deal with it, and they have nothing to do with it. So your spouse, have, your spouse has been married into this problem, something your, your spouse ain't had nothing to do with, so we have to work on it. We have no choice but to work on it because we're married into it. So. Okay. Okay. Now, that's good. With one exception, and I want to clarify, um, and typically in demonology and stuff, we have vilified the term stronghold, which what I mean is we've made it negative. We've made it negative. Several times um, um, uh, in the Bible it's used, and it's not negative. I don't want to show you a couple of places. Go over to Second uh, Samuel right quick. Now we're gonna go right back to Second Corinthians ten and four. Okay. Um, I just want you to see that this term is not just um, negative. It's not. It's not negative. Look at First uh, Samuel twenty three nineteen. David, King David is running from Saul. He's running from Saul. Verse 19, then came up the Ziphites to Saul to give you a saying, Doth not David hide himself with us in strongholds in the wood? Okay, so a stronghold is a fortified place. David was hiding from Saul. So um, he's protecting himself in a fort. Uh, those who live in Texas, one of the most famous battles was the uh, was the battle fought at the Alamo. The Alamo was a fort, so fortified place. Okay, so I just want you to understand that, and I always want to teach correctly um, and accurately, um, so that you're not like uninformed and ignorant in regards to biblical terminology and everything. And, yes, everybody in the body of Christ, when they say strongholds, you're generally talking about something negative, but just know, because, I mean, I'm sure you're going to come across some other passages of strongholds, and you're going to go, well, I thought it was always. No, it's not. It's not always negative. It's stronghold 
is is what it is. It is a it is a place where uh, you can be protected, where you can, um, as a matter of fact, uh, God is is referred to as a stronghold or a strong tower many times in Psalms. Um, that we hide ourselves, we're protected, we're hidden. Okay, now, um, so I'm always or typically going to, um, and sometimes I'm just say strongholds, but so you understand the difference of what I'm saying, I'm going to try, try to always uh, give the adjective demonic strongholds, okay, demonic strongholds, because what does a demonic stronghold do? Well, it hides and protects the enemy. Same thing that David was trying to do from Saul. He was hiding himself. He was protecting himself. Okay? Uh, He entrenched himself in a cave. He entrenched himself in a fortified place where he could be protected. All right? So I want to get across that. I want to get that, that point across. Okay, I don't know if I'm doing an effective job or not, but that's that's what my aim is, is so that you understand that a stronghold is neither bad or good. Um, it's it's just you know in which context is used. So several times in the New, in the Old Testament, this term stronghold is used. I just showed you one. We're not going to go through all of them. Okay, but we're going to go back to. Um, Second Corinthians 10, okay? So once again, a stronghold is a fortified place where something or someone is protected. Typically for our discussion and our discussion in marriage, um, we're talking about demonic strongholds, okay, where demons hide. And let me just give you um, just... And aside about demonic, okay. Once again, Hollywood and the world always lies to us, okay. Uh, all the horror movies and stuff that we see are devils and demons showing themselves and manifesting themselves and knocking over stuff and openly possessing people and stuff like that. In my experience, and biblically, uh, as we see Jesus, uh, the devil. The devil never really shows up. As a matter of fact, if you read through the Bible, if you read through the Bible, the devil shows up. He shows himself in the third cha- chapter of Genesis. You do not really see the devil, the devil himself, Satan. You don't see him really again until really doing much until Job. Now, in the book of Job, God basically pulls back uh, a layer to the reader, to us, the reader, to show us what the devil was doing behind the scenes. But Job never saw the devil. He never, uh, he never um, saw what was going on with him as something the devil was doing. Matter of fact, he says at some point, the Lord gives, the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Well, it wasn't the Lord that was taking away stuff. It was the devil. He did it by God's permission. But he never recognized and attributed his troubles to the Then you go fast forward. You really don't see the devil doing nothing. I mean, you don't see it. 
He's not he's not just uncovered the Old Testament prophets and people hardly ever dealt with the devil. I mean, they they never dealt with him directly. But then, hallelujah, <laughs> when Jesus comes on the scene, 30 years after Jesus gets here, I mean, Jesus has been here 30 years. You have not heard nothing from the devil. You ain't seen nothing. He's not showing himself. And the reason that he doesn't is because of this whole idea of stronghold. The devil does not want to be exposed. He does not want people to know what he's doing. He, his, his whole nature is deception. He's throwing rocks. He's hiding his hand. All right? He's in a crowd of people. He, he throws a rock, and he hides his hand, and he looks around for the person that threw the rock as if he didn't do it. Man, yeah, who threw that rock? He's a deceiver. He never wants to be uncovered. So 30 years after Jesus gets here, and those of y'all who's been at the church, we've been talking about the Holy Spirit. What is the event that causes the devil to expose himself, to cause him to show his hand? Well, Jesus is baptized. When he comes up out of the water, immediately he's baptized in the power of the Holy Spirit. He comes up with the power of the Holy Spirit, just like any of us as, as Christians can have that experience, be baptized in the power of the Holy Spirit. When he's baptized in the power of the Holy Spirit, the Bible says immediately the spirit drives him in the wilderness, and now he's sent to the devil. Now the devil knows who he is. Now the devil shows his hand. And then when he, after he comes out of the wilderness, he's coming out with power. The first place he goes and preach, the devil is already there. He starts preaching, and this man starts growling. Leave us alone. The devil shows himself. Why does he show himself? Because the power of God exposed him. So you got to understand, the devil does not want to be exposed. He does not want you to turn your attention on him. He wants you to continue to, to whack your spouse across the head, figuratively, I hope. <laughs> hope ain't nobody physically really doing that. But he wants you to keep turning towards your spouse, and you the problem. And if I get away from you, and boy, y'all know the statistics on that. If I get away from you, I'm going to marry somebody just like you, and we're going to have the same problems. Because basically the problem is not you, the problem is me. And if I do it a third time, the likelihood of divorce raises up exponentially. So... No, the problem isn't your spouse. The problem is the devil. He's fighting both of you. And the devil ain't going to stop because you divorced one and married somebody else. He's going to fight you again. He's going to fight you harder because it doesn't say that you're more likely to get divorced the second time than you did the first time. The thing, guys. The devil doesn't want to be exposed. And I guarantee you, as many of you are going through right now and dealing with strongholds and stuff, boy, he is mad. He is upset. I guess we'll be taking this stuff out on. Numero uno over here because I'm the one exposing this tail. <laughs> he mad at me, boy. I'll tell you that. He don't want this. 
Hey, man, what is going on in Brother and Sister Jones' marriage? I thought we had that thing sort of. They was getting ready to go to the North Court. Now they loving it. What's going on? What's turning around? Well, man, they on this marriage call on Saturday morning. So now you're fighting people tooth and nail. They can't get on the call. They're oversleeping. Just the devil. He do that stuff all the time. He would throw rocks and hide his hand. He wants to be in a fortified place. He wants to be covered up. Them demons didn't want to, they didn't want, they did not want to be exposed. And one version of the Bible, when Jesus shows up, um, it says, it says, um, we know who you are. They started saying, the demons, we know who you are. See, they knew who he was after he got the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Jesus was not ready for, for, and he would not allow devils to announce who he was. So he told them to shut up. The many times you hear the Bible said that he rebuked them, he told them to shut up, and it said because they knew who he was. But then they went on to say, why are you interfering with us? Oh, my gosh. I love that. That's over in Mark chapter 1. Why are you interfering with us? <laughs> Devils don't want to be interfered with. They have a job to do. They have a plan. They have a purpose. And let me tell you real generally what their plan and purpose is for you, everybody that's on this line, is to destroy your marriage. That's what they want to do. That's what they are assigned to do. You start coming on the marriage call, you start praying, you're interfering with them. You start going to church together and worshiping God and loving on each other, you're interfering with them. You start not thinking about yourself and start thinking about your spouse only and putting them first and wives start submitting and husbands start loving them like Christ loved the church and gave himself for it and, and the husbands start just giving it all to them and, and being the savior of the household and being the savior of their wife and saving them and helping them and rescuing them and no matter what the problem is, man, you start interfering with the devil. And sometimes, like Brother Israel or somebody said on a few minutes ago, sometimes things can get uh, worse before they get better. But you don't change, you stay right there. You don't change, you don't turn around, you don't uh, shrink back. You, you stand in the truth and do what you know you're supposed to do and, and trust God. And as we sing in, at our church at the end of benediction, it'll be all over in the morning. <laughs> it'll be all, it'll be over. Yeah, weeping men do it for night. Joy's coming. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. In due season, if you faint not, if you faint not, <laughs> you shall reap. Stand right there. You start walking in love, you start walking in, in what God told you to do, and not playing that same old role, doing that same old, same old in your household, your, your spouse might really start tripping in. You might really start seeing a manifestation of the devil. Ah! You want to talk to me? Why are you Baby, I love you. Devil, I, I take authority over you. I'm not no devil. I'm not talking to you, baby. I'm talking to the devil. I take authority over you in this house right now in Jesus' name. I command the spirit of peace to come in. <laughs> yeah, Lord, you just stay right there. Stay right there. Stay right there. 
Yes, Lord. Can that happen? Does that happen? Will it happen? Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, it will. Yes, it will. But don't worry about it. You stay right there. You walk in that authority. I don't think Jesus ever raised his voice and the demons were hollering and squealing. I mean, they, you know, the Bible said when once they got exposed, they would they would throw the person to the ground and make a waller and scream and, and tear them and, and do all that kind of stuff. Jesus stood right there. So now come on, our devil, in the name of Jesus. I rebuke He didn't get excited. I don't think he ever got excited. I don't think he got scared. I don't think he got anxious because he knew he had authority. He knew they was coming out. That's why they got exposed. See, when the devil got to show his hand, he know he only got a few minutes left because they don't want to be exposed. You stand right there. No, no, I take authority over that spirit in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In my household, that has gone both ways. My wife has had to do it to me, the, the preacher. No, I take authority over that spirit. We never have no argument in spirit today. I ain't arguing. I'm just trying to talk about it. No, in the name of Jesus, we're going to walk in peace. In the name of Jesus, I love you. I love you. The love of God is going to abide in this house. Who you made me say? You said, I love you. The love of Jesus. The love of Jesus. The love of Jesus. When it was really bad, she grew up in the tongue. Boy, that made me hotter than ever. <laughs> but by that time, I knew I couldn't do that, man. But go in the other room and shut up. Only a fool stand there and argue by themselves. Somebody ain't even going to argue with you. And, boy, not too long. Now, now, now at this point, I know anything else I do, you know, it's just going to add to the list of what I'm going to have to apologize for in a few minutes. Because I feel it. it that, that spirit is leaving. My mind is changing. The atmosphere is changing around me. So I, she got me now. All right. And a few minutes come out, baby. You know. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, I, don't, I, I, don't know. I don't know what happened. I that's all right, baby. I love you. But we're going to have peace. We're not going to do this anymore. We're not going to argue, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Stronghold is a hiding place for the devil. So, y'all, you are fighting the enemy. You're not fighting each other. You are fighting the enemy. You are fighting the enemy, not each other. Always remember that. Always remember that. In the heat of... A conflict. Make that statement. Somebody should make that statement. Hey, babe, you're not my enemy. I'm not your enemy. Make that statement. You're not. I'm not your enemy. I love you. We can. We gonna work this out. You're not my enemy. That needs to be said. That needs to be reaffirmed. No matter what you're going through. You didn't marry your enemy. You didn't spend that money and go down the aisle for your, for your enemy, kiss the bride, honeymoon. You didn't do all that for your enemy. So how then do you become enemies? It's the devil. It's the devil. She's not your enemy. Your wife is not your enemy. <laughs> your husband is not your enemy. 
The devil is your enemy. <laughs> All right. Verse 3, 10, 2 Corinthians 10, verse 3. For we, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but are mighty to God. Through the pulling down of strongholds. Of strongholds. Casting down imaginations. Casting down imaginations. And every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God. I want to deal with this verse 5, casting down imaginations. The devil will use your imagination, things that aren't real, to tempt you to do the wrong thing. He did it with Eve, the first temptation. What did he tell her? He Okay, God had already given them the imagination the image of what he wanted them to know, which was the day that you eat the fruit, you should surely die. So in their mind, they see themselves eating the fruit and dying. Eating the fruit, dying. They I eat the fruit, I'm a goner. I eat the fruit, I'm a goner. That's the image they see. The devil recast another image. He says, you're going to eat the fruit, you're not going to die. He said, not only are you not going to die, you're going to be better after you eat the fruit than you were before you ate the fruit. (laughs) Two contradictory statements. Wonder which one they should have believed. Hello. 6,000 years later, suicide, stabbings, bombings, wars, disease. We know who they should have listened to, don't we? They should have believed the image that God had cast, which was the truth. The day you do it, you're going to surely die. Now, they didn't drop dead, but death started. They was the walking dead. Walking with uh, a time clock on them. Then they were immediately separated from God, immediately cast out of the garden. Immediately cursed. That's what death is. Separation from God, coming under the curse. All the bad stuff started happening. Sickness, disease, murder. But they have two children. One, the first two children they have, one murders the other. Yeah, that's death. But the devil casts another imagination. And I'm telling you, in your marriage, part part of your biggest problem has been these imaginations. Okay, the most obvious area we can use that everybody knows is cheating, adultery. Okay, either imagined or real, or imagined till it become real. Here's a scenario. Wife always accusing the husband, always accusing. I know you're cheating. I know you're doing this. I know you First of all, power of life and death is in the tomb. Second of all, it becomes aggravated. Husband wants to be with his wife. He's, I mean, unduly being accused. Now, you know, you find a lipstick and women's numbers, making pictures on his phone, stuff like that. That's one thing. You know, you have no proof, no nothing. You just, you know, got through watching your favorite soap opera for the last three weeks, and that's all. 
How many of y'all know there's never a good marriage on the soap operas? Raise your hand. <laughs> Let your neighbor and say it never works out on all my children. It, it never wor- works out on, uh, I don't even know, that, as the world turns. Tell somebody else and tell them, say, it don't work out on Young and the Restless. There's never a happy 50. I don't know, no. So, watch this. Somebody research this. Is there any marriage that lasted 50 years on the soap opera? Never. So you've been home watching as the stomach turns, as the world turns, or whatever. I don't even know the names of soap operas these days. Or the nighttime soaps or whatever. Now people, women can tape on their DVR. You'd be surprised if men and women still watch soap operas or that kind of, all that kind of crazy stuff. Tyler Perry got a nighttime soap. Oh, yeah. Made me vomit. Oh, my gosh. Or just reality TV, and someone's always she. And so now you're looking at your husband suspicious. I eat you. Okay. Imaginations. Or vice versa, the wife. She cheat. You know, the husband, he's got this imagination. Imaginations. Always thinking the worst. Always thinking the worst of your spouse. Well, we know that First Corinthians 13 says, Love believes the best of every person. That's not love walking in that. And, and, and when you're walking in the Holy Ghost, number one, you don't have to be suspicious no way because he's going to let you know well in advance what's going on before it even happens. He's going to let you know when it gets on your spouse's mind. If you're walking up right before God and walking in the Holy Ghost, he's going to give you a word of knowledge or a, a vision or a dream or something. He'll never let that, my, my prayer Always has been in my marriage, my home, whatever. Don't let nothing sneak up on me or my wife or, or my children. Our children doing something, Lord, expose it. Do not let nothing sneak up on us. And it's always worked. In our marriage, same thing. Always worked. And so you ain't got to worry about that. But to walk around with those vain imaginations all the time, the weapons are warfare and I call but I might do the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imagination. Cast that imagination down. Why you don't imagine your spouse being faithful? Huh? When last time you imagine somebody trying to hit on your spouse and your spouse was like, baby, I'm married. <laughs> That's what I see when I, when I think about my wife out somewhere. Vain imaginations. Always imagine. And, you know, the devil can really work that. And if you get two people imagining this, imagine that, well, she she doing this because she trying to do that and this and that and blah, 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 blah. I remember uh, the movie Fireproof, which is a great movie, man. I, I love that movie. But when the guy starts doing the love there, and he starts to, you know, buy his wife flowers and try to, you know, try to do, try to overcome uh, his problems and their problems by walking in love. According to his daddy was coaching him. And then, so she gets some flowers, and what does she get? She gets a vain imagination. Oh, she, he just trying to, and then, then she, <laughs> the worst thing is your friends, they don't help, right? So she starts talking to her girlfriends. And what, my husband's acting weird. What do you think it's all about? 
Girl, you know, so it's got a black girl on the on the movie. Girl, my sister husband did that, and he started treating her real nice, butting her, her up for the divorce. He just trying to he trying to get on your good side so he can take you for a ride on the divorce and get the house and get everything. So then that that shot an imagination in her mind. Oh, he's doing all this good stuff, trying to uh, set me up for divorce. Now, that was the wrong image. That wasn't the truth. But that was reality in her mind. So then she began to respond coldly and negatively to his efforts to rekindle their marriage. Her response is wrong because she imagined the wrong thing. So what do we do with wrong imaginations? What do we do with a negative imagination? And I'm telling you, just cast it down. If it's God, he's going to bring it back, and he's going to confirm it over and over. If it's the devil, it's just going to stay where, where, where it is. Cast it down. No, no, I choose to believe the best of my husband. I choose to believe the best of my wife. No, she's not out there spending money that we haven't agreed on. But once again, once you're in the Holy Ghost, you'll know if you get a word of knowledge. You'll know if, if, if you have a dream. And, you know, and you share that stuff. Hey, 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 babe, I had a, I had a, I had a dream last night. It's kind of weird. <laughs> and if there's some junk in the trunk going on, they'll know immediately if you tell them the truth or not. If God is, is exposing them. You ain't got to walk around worried and and it's always suspicious and all that stuff. Those vain imaginations will will help destroy a marriage. Your spouse go out and try to do something or change or do something different. (laughs) I hope this person is on the line, but Brother Courtney was sharing me about somebody he'd been witnessing to. And uh, to make a long story short, without getting into any details, he was just really mentioned to the man about his marriage and the man had really been doing some not-so-good stuff. And he went alone that night after Courtney had talked to him and told his wife, hey, babe, I love you. And then the wife got suspicious, like, hey, you never say you love me. <laughs> so instead of that being a positive thing, now the wife had no idea to know that um, her husband had been getting ministered to by another Christian man who um, who is walking in victory in his marriage and trying to influence his other man, her husband, to walk in victory in their marriage. Had no idea that God was at work. See, God was at work right there. And then he says, I love you. And then she goes, hey. So I, I can imagine, you know, a woman's mind just start working overtime. Okay. Now, he, now he'll never say <laughs> there used to be an old coffee commercial. I forget what it was. It was an old coffee commercial. Maybe I'm telling my age too. Some of y'all young people wouldn't even know it. But they they used to uh they they drink a cup of coffee, they go out somewhere and they drink a cup of coffee and the man would say, Hey, give me a second cup of coffee and so the woman would be there and she wouldn't say that loud, but you could hear her thoughts on the commercial. He never drinks a second cup of coffee at home. Of course, and they were advertising the, the, the coffee that they were trying to sell. 
after that, it was so good that you would get a second cup. But the woman was sitting there, huh, why is he drinking a second cup of coffee now? You know, and, and typically, once again, you know, the overactive mind of a woman, you know, sometimes it, it's good. Sometimes God is doing something. Wait a minute. He, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Now, he done, he done, he done, uh, he done mowed the lawn as bought me a car last night, took me out, and took a bath twice in one day. What's really going on? He probably guilty. He probably done did something. And now he tra- <laughs> negative slant right there. A vain imagination. How about maybe that's God working with that dude? You know, and you praying for your husband, you praying for your wife. You know, God is going to send people on uh, in their path. He's going to do things to start working on them. They're going to be flicking through the TV and maybe see a preacher standing up talking to them, saying the very thing they need to hear. Man, you need to stop criticizing your wife, and you need to take your wife out this week, and you need to do something nice for her. And that's, as soon as he turned on the channel, that's what he saw. And he recognized that as God talking, so he changed and started doing something. But instead of that having a great effect on your marriage, it has a negative effect because the devil, does. he takes it and he makes it negative. And I'm telling you, you'll know you have a stronghold by this. Here's another key. When things are good, they're bad. When things are bad, they're bad. It's never good. I don't care what's going on, what your spouse tries to do, whatever. It's all, the devil's going to always turn it into something bad. You dealing with a demonic stronghold, young man, young woman. I guarantee you. Because that's what the devil does. Oh, he's going to try to change. He's going to try to do some roses. Well, let me interject, interject some suspicion in her mind. Vain imagination. Now, he done, he done went out and spent 200 extra dollars trying to do good because he felt convicted. Maybe something he heard. Maybe he ran into a corner at work or something like that. Felt convicted. When I spent two, three hundred extra dollars, and now all you can think about is him in bed with another woman. He must have been. He must have been doing something. Oh my God! So how's the woman gonna react to that? Negative. How's the husband gonna react? He's gonna be like, God, so mighty. I just spent three hundred dollars on this woman. Going out, try to do something nice. She can always tell me I ain't taking her out. And, 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 and I do it good. And now she's still tripping. What to do when your spouse is tripping? Are we, are we still talking about that? I use the woman, man, the woman in this scenario because that's typically how it happens. You can reverse the same thing. Woman come home, start cleaning the house, start cooking. Give you sex two or three times a week like you've been asking for? And then you get suspicious. Hey, what in the world is going on? Then you done saw temptation where the man was flirting with the girl, getting sexual with her. Then she go home and all hot and heavy on her husband. 
Wait a minute. She didn't mess with somebody at the job. It must be like that movie, Vain Imagination. Are y'all hearing me today? Are y'all hearing me today? Isn't this how the devil works? Isn't this how the devil works? Yeah, he does. Yes, that's what he does. And so when it's bad, it's bad. And then when it's good, it's still bad. He still got you. He got you either way. He's not even worried. That's why, friends, you got to renew your mind with the world. Stop watching all that crap on TV, the movies, all that worldly stuff, the magazines. I'm telling you, man. If you pour all that stuff into your mind, into your soul, your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions, you, the devil is going to run rampant in your house. He, he, It's a toy story in your mind. He, he's having a field day. He's doing whatever he wants to. And guess what? Like I said back to the beginning, he's protected and he's undetected. You think it's your spouse. You think it's just, and it's the devil manipulating you like a puppet on a string. I know I'm preaching good. I know I'm preaching good today. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing into captivity every thought to the obedient Christ. I don't care what the thought is. He must be doing something. He must be cheating. Bring that under the authority of Christ. Hey, God, they're doing nice stuff. I'm suspicious. That's not right, is it? Help change my heart. I'm not going to be suspicious. I'm going to go with this. This is a good thing. Maybe it's God blessing me. You know, you can see it as a cup, half full, half empty, half you go. It's all perspective. But much of the problems that happen in our marriages is because of imagination. Here's another scenario, the same as cheating. You imagine your spouse is cheating. They're not cheating. But you get convinced that they are for some reason. And then you, you're not going to be one up. Well, they cheating, I'm going to cheat. So you go out and actually cheat. In competition with your cheating spouse that ain't even cheating. Oh, the devil. Do the devil do this, y'all? Yes, he does. Every single day. People are so weak-minded. They're so plugged into the world, television, entertainment, movies, TV, radio, Internet. I'm telling you, man, he does. This is his bread and butter play. He do this all the time. Or that whole thing, the whole stupid scheme. How many of y'all seen this? Oh, I'm going to make them jealous. You know, I'm going to just kind of teeter-totter on it, make them jealous. Because if they, you know, it, it's, uh, <clears throat> if you make them jealous, they'll come after you. It, it, it'll be harder. It, 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 they'll pursue you more. If you make them think you're going to leave Just just make them think You know Hey hey, baby Just make them think you Make them think you ain't got to stay Make them think you're going to leave Make them think They're playing games 
here you go playing games, and this dude is like, look, oh, you going to leave? Bye. And go out and get somebody else. Hey, hey, wait, wait, wait. I was just playing. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Game over. Didn't they, he didn't know you was playing? Y'all, we cannot resort to these games, all this stuff, the world. And where did you get that from? Where did you get that from? You got that from the Bible? No. You got it from a movie. You got it from TV. You got it from one of your dumb friends telling you some stuff like that. Dude, try this on her. Try this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, yeah, yeah. You need to, you need to make her think you gonna hit her, but don't hit her. But you know, just get angry, like, 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 you know, just like, like, get on her face, like, you, like you gonna hit her. She'll stop that. Yeah. Yeah. You act like you gonna hit her. She already had a knife under the pillow. Then she ended up stabbing your food tail. <laughs> you go back the way with a stab wound, scar. Wait, what happened to you? Oh, nah, man, I, uh, I was cutting some meat. Yeah, right. No, she cut the meat. You was playing and she was serious. You even hear me, little joker? <laughs> you know? <laughs> My mama got beat all her life. You even hear me, stronghold, too. <laughs> you know she had a stronghold in that area. She was ready for that. <laughs> man, we can't play games. You want your man to work, stop listening to everybody else. Get in the word, do what the word say. Namely, deal with your strongholds. Deal with those hidden places in you where the devil been camping out and being protected. And I'm telling you, his greatest play area is your mind. You think about all the dumb arguments, all the dumb stuff you've done in your marriage. It all went back to some stupid thought you had. And many times, guess what? Against your own opinion, you were dead wrong about what you thought. You were dead wrong. Your friends was dead wrong. Oprah was dead wrong. TV was dead wrong. Tyler Perry was dead wrong. Because you didn't marry no character in a movie. You married a real person who is saved. And hopefully full of the Holy Ghost. That means God can deal with them at any time and change them. I'm done. Comments or questions? And I don't care if you don't say nothing. Because it's quiet on here because I know I'm walking here. Comments or questions? Hey, Pastor, you know, even though this, um, he was kind of harsh today, you know, you beat up our spirit, <laughs> so I, I really enjoyed it. <laughs> I was trying to beat up on nobody, man. I just, I get tired of the devil. I'm trying to beat up on the devil. He wrestled not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual weakness in our places. I hate the devil. And what I see him doing in marriages and homes. And if he can do it to you, he's doing it to your children. Because now, you know, your children are all affected by your, your, your bad marriage. Anybody else? Um, Pastor, can I say that um, 
that the, the part where you're talking about the um, devil will try to your imagination, and I know even at Bible study last night, I know Cassandra has said, like, it's our thoughts, we're getting beat up in our thoughts, just our mind processes, you know, and the enemy's putting all kinds of stuff in our mind, and how do we just defeat ourselves just in our mind? Yeah. You're defeated before you even start sometimes. You know, God will give you ideas, do this for your spouse, do this. Uh, she ain't gonna, she ain't gonna depreciate it. She gonna, she gonna, and then she gonna probably say this, and then she gonna probably start saying that, and then we gonna end up in our right, man ain't doing it. <laughs> it was God that gave you the idea to do it. God that told you to do it. So now you disobeying God because of the devil's imaginations. Defeat yourself before you even start, Sister Regina. Lady Regina, you've been pretty quiet. You got something to say? And pray us out. No, I'm here. I, I was just, um, when you were um, reading the scriptures about, and it's funny because um, the Lord had me meditating on that, that, that particular scripture all all week, every time I sit down with the Bible and say, "Okay, God, what do you want me to read?" That's why that's where you prompt me to. But um, while you were reading that scripture, I kind of I saw like um, well, the answer to it is is um, learning how to fight the devil with the armor of God. Um, and at the beginning of the the passage where um, um, where he's talking about, you know, fighting with the armor, the scripture talks about standing. And so first and foremost, um, the first thing that you have to do when you have situations um, in your marriage or when things come up is that you have to stand. And then once you stand, you have to learn how to wield the armor of God. And um, I just, I saw, um, I could see a little boy um learning how to, uh, trying to suit up in, in the warrior's armor, um, not knowing how to put it on, uh, some of it falling off because it's too big. And, um, but the thing that, that I um, realized as I saw that is that, for one thing, as the little boy continues to use the armor and continues to... Um, toy with it and try it, put it on, and the more skillful he'll get in wearing it. And not only that, that boy is not going to always stay a boy. He's going to continue to grow. He's going to be an older boy and then a a young man and then an adult. And so as that process goes, he gets more and more skillful with the armor and eventually gets to a point where he cannot be defeated. And that's the whole point of all of these um, marriage calls and the time that we spend and the pastor's teachings on them is that we get to the point where when we fight the devil, we're ten times more skillful than he is, and we win every time. And that's what God's, God's desire is. He wants us to be victorious over the devil. He wants us to see him coming at the onset and defeat him before he even gets to us. And um, 
that's our prayer um, constantly for you guys, that you fight the devil. First of all, realize that it is the devil that's your enemy, just as Pastor said, your spouse is not your enemy. The devil is, is your enemy. But our prayer is that you learn how to fight and be victorious every time. And we can do it. It's possible because the word says we can, and that's the bottom line. Um, so that's all I wanted to say um, in reference that's to good. that lesson. That's good. Can you close us out in prayer? Yes. Father, we thank you, God. We thank you, Lord, that um, this time we've shared in your word today has been profitable, profitable, God. We thank you, God, that your word never goes out and returns void, Father. So we thank you, Lord, to all of the hearts and minds that this word has been sent forth to today, Lord, that it will return yielding much, much fruit, Father God. We thank you, Lord, that we walk in power. We thank you, Lord, that we walk in victory, Lord, and we have victory over the devil and all of his schemes and tactics against our marriages, against our home, against our children, against our families, God. Lord, we thank you, Lord, and we call that done in the name of Jesus, Lord, that as we walk out our our lives and our uh, your will for our lives, God, that as we put on the armor of God, as, as we suit up and know that we're fighting the devil and not our spouses, God, that we become more and more skillful, God, and that we ward off all of the schemes and tactics of the devil and we walk in complete authority and victory in that area in Christ Jesus. Lord, we love you. We thank you, Father. We thank you for it. Even in the areas where we're not having victory yet, Father God, we just call it done, Father. We thank you that we have victory, Father, in the name of Jesus, and we thank you for all that you're going to do in our lives as a result of it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Now listen, before we get off, I want everybody to close your eyes wherever you are, except if you're driving, please keep your eyes open on the road. <laughs> I want you to close your eyes if you're not driving. <clears throat> and I want you to let God speak to you about something you can do today for your spouse. Something nice, maybe not expensive or anything like that, something you can do today for your spouse. Let's say it won't even cost you money, but that will bring happiness and joy to your spouse. Just take a moment. Now, as you're doing that, guess what? You're using your imagination what God created it for. You imagine it. And if I do this, my spouse is going to smile. They're going to give me a hug. They're going to like it. It don't take long. Now you got it in your head. You need to write it down, write it down whatever you need to do to make sure you follow through with it, follow through with it today. Before nightfall, follow through with it. Do something good for your spouse today. God bless you guys. Love you, and we'll see you next time.